We're going to talk about light this morning. Uh, it's, a, it's a very broad subject, just like the other subjects that I've been dealing with, with uh, Jesus who said that he was the truth. Jesus said he was the son of God. Jesus said that he was the way. Uh, and here we're going to talk about light. Now, light is extremely broad. The first time you saw light, if you had a normal birth, was when you left your, your mother's womb. And you probably saw what you see on the screen, incandescent light. Unless you were born in a hut, then you saw a lamp, uh, light with uh, kerosene. But it wasn't long after that that you saw daylight. You either saw daylight coming through the windows of the house or the hut, or you were taking out, taken out into the daylight. We can talk about light in a number of different ways. It's, it's so broad and, and so pre- prevalent, and, and uh, it's just everywhere. And sometimes when we try to define it, it it's, it's difficult. It's a photon. It's made up of photons. It has waves. It has speed. I remember an old boy I used to run around with. He said he was so fast that he could turn the light out at the door, doorway in his bedroom and be in bed before the, it got dark. Well, I didn't believe that. Because light is pretty fast. But when we talk about light, I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about Bible light. Now, I, I think God uses or has used, and as a matter of fact, I know He has used, this terminology so that we can understand the references He's making in the Bible to light. And the first one that we come across is Bible light. It is God is light. Amen. Now that's, to conceptualize that, it's difficult, isn't it? God is light. So when we look outside, and, and uh, sometimes people get despondent because it's cloudy in the northwest, but brother or sister, it's still light. Daytime is still light. And even in the far north, even when the sun is not seen for six months, it's still light. Darkness and light cannot coexist. If we were to try to define light, somebody says, well, it's the absence of darkness. The contrary of that generally is true. Darkness is the absence of light. And they can't commingle. And some have tried to mix them together and said, hey, uh, sometimes there's a partnership with dark, darkness and light, and that's not true. Light may be dim, but darkness and light do not coexist. The Bible says that God is light. Now, I'm not sure that I understand that completely, but I do know that I enjoy light. I do know that when it's dark, I, I can't find my way around. I do know that it's a great impairment to be blind. I know that. And I know that when the light is not on in my room, even though I'm familiar with the room, and it's all dark, sometimes I stumble across furniture or whatever else. I enjoy the light. And I think everybody else here enjoys the light. I I think we all understand that it's a great benefit to us. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 27 verse 1, or David said it, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? So he's giving us enough light that we don't have to fear anything. We don't have to be afraid 
of the darkness because God is our light. In John, 1 John chapter 1 at verse 5, the Bible says God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. James talks about the fact that there's not even a shadow. He doesn't even make a shadow. There's no shadow of turning. God is light and there's no darkness at all in Him. He's the Father of lights with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. James chapter 1 at verse 17. God is light. I'm not sure I fully comprehend that. I'm not, I'm not sure that. I know what the sun looks like. I know what the stars look like. I know what the moon, the reflection of the sun looks like. I know light, but I'm not sure that I fully understand what he's saying when he's saying that God is light. I'm not sure of that. The Bible also says that the Word of God is light. And, and somehow, then I began to get an idea of what he's talking about here when he says in Psalms 119, 105, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. So when it says the Bible is a light, I understand he's saying this gives me a direction I can go and I can see my way clearly as I move through the world. You remember the, the old uh, philosophers all thought that they were the light. They thought, well, I've got, I've got the light. And, I, and one of them actually said he was the light. And one of them said he was the way. But from the time of Socrates and even before until now, there are philosophers who have come along and said, well, we'll throw the light on the path so that you'll know where you need to walk, what you need to do. The Bible says that God's Word is light. He's the one that can tell us where we ought to go. In Psalms 119 at verse 30, the entrance of thy words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. Sometimes, a generation will come along and say, well, we've got the understanding. Now, we understand everything. And so now then, we can call ourselves the age of the understanding. Or the age of light, the enlightened age. And the enlightened age was from about the 11th century until somewhere around in the 17th century. It's called the Age of Enlightenment. What they meant was that we now can appreciate art and we can appreciate literature, the Age of Enlightenment. Well, how are we enlightened? The Bible says we can be enlightened by the law. So, the law of the Lord is light. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23 says, The commandment is a lamp and the law is light. Now I'm going to read a text in Romans chapter 2 that tells you that there were some folks that really took that to heart. They said, we know that the law of God is the light, and we're going to interpret that law, and we're going to tell you what that law means. And as such, then, we become guides of the blind. So the, 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 the Jew, Jewish nation and the Jew, Jewish leaders in the time of Jesus came along, and they said, hey... Listen to us, and we'll tell you what's right and wrong. We'll, we'll, we'll set forth the law. So in Romans chapter 2, at verse 17, it says, Behold, you're called a Jew, and you rest in the law, and you make your boast of God, and you know His will, and you approve the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. He's talking about the law of Moses. And you're confident that you yourself are a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness. An instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, you have the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Now the reason I'm reading this is very important. 
I'm reading this for another reason. They thought they were the light and they thought they were the teachers of the, of the uh, uneducated, of the foolish, and they were the guides. Now the Bible also says that right is light. Things that are right are light. And things that are wrong are dark. Isn't that correct? In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, it says, The path of the just, that is the just man, the honest man, the upright man, the path of the just is as a shining light. And then in Isaiah chapter 5, at verse 20, Isaiah said, Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil that put darkness for light, and light for darkness, and put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Mixing them up. Now you can't mix good and evil. Whoa. (laughs) This is important. You cannot mix good and evil any more than you can mix light and darkness. Light and darkness have no mixture. There's no such thing as a mixture of light and darkness. It's either light or it's dark. In John chapter 3 at verse 19, when Jesus came to this earth, He said, This is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds be reproved. But he that does truth comes to the light. Now, I would like for you to think with me along this line for just a minute, because we've been talking about light and darkness. God is light. The Word of God is light. The law of God is light. Light is right. Dark is wrong. But when Jesus came to this earth, He brought a new light. A new light. So then, you can't can't say, well, when the Lord came, He taught us what the law meant. No, the law was already here. When Jesus came, He showed us right from wrong. We already saw that right from wrong was already taught. When Jesus came, He was showing us God. Well, He was that. That was for sure. But God is already light. So when we talk about a new light, we're talking about a light that God is going to send to this earth that's not like the other lights that we've seen in the Bible. Genesis through the end of the Old Testament, through the end of the prophets. So, All that light in the Bible is not the light that was going to come. In the book of Isaiah chapter 9 at verse 2, it says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them has the light shined. Now we also said, we saw at the very beginning that Jesus said He was the light. In Isaiah 42 at verse 6, I, the Lord will hold your hand and keep you and give you for a covenant of the people a light for the Gentiles. And this was fulfilled during the time of Jesus because the writer of the book of Matthew said in Matthew chapter 4 verse 15, the people that sat in darkness have seen a great light. So now then we have a light. God is light. The law is light. Right and wrong, right is light. The word is light. And now Jesus says, I am the light. I am the light. And he says, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, I I would like for you to think with me along these lines. 
What were we seeing when we saw Jesus on this earth? What were people seeing? He said, I'm the light. He's teaching the law. As a matter of fact, he says, if any man changes, changes the law in any way, all these things will be added to him. He said the law, the law is going to remain the same until it's crucifixion on the cross. So what is he saying? I am the light. Look at me, he said. Look at me. And when they saw him, he said, and you walk in my light. While I'm on this earth, you walk in my light. Well, we have a, I think we have a clue to this in 1 Peter chapter 2, at verse 21 through 23, when it said that he's left us an example that we should walk in his steps. Who did no sin, he didn't do anything wrong. So let's get our magnifying glass out and let's look back and let's see if we can find something that Jesus did that was wrong. Find something he did that was wrong. Well, we've had centuries of people looking for that and they haven't found it yet. Who spoke no guile. He didn't say anything that had bitterness in it. Guile is bitterness. He didn't speak bitterly. And when he suffered, he, he did not seek vengeance. He didn't, he didn't threaten. Well, what, what sort of man was Jesus? He was an honest man. When you saw Jesus, you saw a man of integrity. When you saw Jesus, when you saw him walking, he was a man of compassion. When you saw Jesus, he was a man who spoke only those things that edified people. He didn't say anything that would discourage you. He was a man of hope. He was a man of charity. He was a good man. Jesus was a good man. In Matthew chapter 19, a fellow came to Jesus and said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, Why are you calling me good? He was challenging him. Why are you calling me good? Well, the reason is Jesus was good. He was a good man. He was honest. He had integrity. He had decency. Everything about Jesus, as you saw him as a man, was appealing to you. And it was appealing to me. Well, yes, we know that he performed miracles. We know that he raised the dead. We know that he established the fact that he was the Son of God. But when I look at Jesus and looking for the light, I am seeing in Jesus a good, decent, humble, honest Wonderful man. I didn't say that. <laughs> That's okay. Things happen. We're looking at Jesus and what are we seeing? What are, we, what are you seeing in Jesus? A man of integrity. A man of decency. An upright man. An honest man. You say, well, he had this little halo around his head. No, he didn't. Jesus did, not, Jesus did not have a halo around his head. Although we see pictures of him where he's walking around with a halo. Jesus did not shine. He did not glow in the dark. What people saw in him was a very, very, very good, upright man. That's what they saw. He was not dishonest. He was good. He was... He was Supremely good. When 
when they came to get him in the Garden of Gethsemane, Judas had to go up and kiss him for people to recognize who he was. If he glowed in the dark, he'd be the only one glowing, wouldn't he? It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be hard to come get him in the dark. Now then we're going to get to the point that we want to get to, and that is our next chart. Children of light are believers. Now then, in John chapter 12, verse 36, is while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. So if we want to be a child of light, a child of God, then we first of all believe that Jesus is the Christ. And that's what we read in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, 10. And we confess that he's the Son of God. We believe in him, we confess his name, and then we're baptized into Jesus. In Romans chapter 6, 3, and 4, we're all baptized into him, that we're raised and walk with him in newness of life. So we're baptized in him, and now then we're walking in him, and the Bible says that we are the children of light. Now you're not going to glow when you come up out of the waters of baptism. You're not going to shine. You are, however, going to be a child of the light. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, at verse 5, it says, You're all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I'm, I'm dead with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet Christ liveth in me. So the Bible talks about us being in Christ and Christ in us. So we're, we're, when, when we obey the gospel and we become children of God, we become children of the light and we become united with Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5 verse 8 says, You were sometimes darkness, but now are you light. Walk as children of light. I know we're still vague on this thing though, so let's take another look in Colossians chapter 3 and beginning at verse 1. How does it become... How do I become a child of light and what's going on? The light that's going to, that Jesus is going to bring into your life is not a light that shines down on you and says, Now, aha, now I see what you've been doing. That's not going to happen. What's going to happen is you're going to open the door of your heart and let Him into your house, into your temple. And He's going to bring a light. And in that light, now you are going to see, not Jesus, you've already seen Him. He's already been in the world. You're not going to see Him. You're going to see yourself. He's going to bring the light into your temple, and He's going to light up your life. And in every little corner, every dark corner you have, He's going to show you. He doesn't have to see it. He already knows what's there. You say, well, I don't want Jesus to see this. Forget that. He already sees it. What you're saying is, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. When He comes into your life, into your heart, He's going to turn the light on. And it's like you're a city or a house on a hill, and the lights come on. What's going on in that house? Jesus is taking a look and helping you take a look. He's saying, look at this, Bill. Look, look over here in this corner. What's this? Oh, Lord, we need to get rid of that, don't we? Why? Because that's some of the works of darkness. So now then, He lights my life up, and He shows me what's in my heart. Because He's going to judge one of these days. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 
5, he's going to judge that which is in my heart. But he doesn't have to come into my heart in order to see that. He already sees it. But he has to come into my heart for me to see it. I have to see it. Once I see it, then I say, Lord, help me get rid of it. Colossians chapter 3 at verse 1 says, If you're risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For you're dead, your life is hid with Christ in God. Okay. Jesus is in your life. When Christ who is our life shall appear, and that's not talking about in the final day, that Christ shall appear in your life. When He comes into your heart and turns the light on, that's Jesus in your life. When Christ shall appear in your life, that's what He's talking about, then you shall appear with Him also in glory. You're both in this together. You're both in your heart together. Now then, what does He say? Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication. Well, that's works of the darkness. We're going to have to get rid of that. Uncleanness. Inordinate affection. That's unbridled lust. Evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. In the which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. But now put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication. Out of your mouth lie not one to another, seeing you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him who created you. Your image is him who created him. Now all of these things dim the light. So if Christ comes into my life and he turns the light on, then, then, then he exposes to me my shortcomings. So he says, so I say, well, I've got a little anger over here. Well, he already knew that. But what the anger does, it starts to dim the light. You say, well, I, I, can, I can be angry a little bit, can't I, Lord? He says, no, don't do that. So then I have to start taking these things out of my house. You know what a hoarder is. Someone who just piles junk in their house and just keeps piling it in and has to have a little pathway to get around and won't throw anything away even if, the, even if it stinks and is garbage and gets moldy. You still want to keep it around. Well, that's what a hoarder does. Jesus said you cannot hoard these things. If, you, if you've got a grudge against someone, that's going to stink. And that's going to dim the light. If you have anger in your heart about someone, that's going to dim the light. These things are going to dim the light of Jesus Christ in our lives. So when he says that we should be children of light, he says we should walk in light. What he's actually telling us, and it's very easy to find these things in the New Testament. Read your word. Very easy to find these things. Don't covet. Your neighbor's got something you don't have. In your heart, that's going to be dark. And Jesus is saying, get rid of that, or you people are not going to see him in you. They're not going to see that light. They're going to see dimness or darkness. I had my feelings hurt. Someone hurt my feelings. We're talking about hard things. We're talking about hard things too to get rid of. But these are things that Jesus said I have to get rid of in order for His light to shine in your life. Now, 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. The city set on the hill cannot be hid. Listen, friend, he's not saying you are the light of the world. He's saying you are the light of the world because you have the light of Jesus in you. Jesus is the light of the world. He's saying because Jesus is in your house, people can see it. That's what he's saying. He's saying when people look at your life and they see Jesus there, they're not seeing they're not seeing Ted. They're not seeing Oscar. They're not seeing Mary. They're not seeing Jane. They're seeing Jesus in that heart, cleaning that place up and giving us some shining, polishing it up, making it shine. That's what they're seeing. And if, if we allow these other things to stay in our lives, they're going to dim the light and the city set on the hill is not going to be so light. 1 John 1 verse 7 says, If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Sometimes we read that text wrong because it's not talking about you and me having fellowship together. It's talking about me and God having fellowship. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. I'm fellowshipping Jesus Christ because we're both walking together in the light. Well, I don't have time to go through all the things that have darkened my house and that I'm working on. I know that the Lord, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can, I can help, He can help me get rid of these things. And brother, it's a struggle. Because I like to hang on to things. I like to keep things in the dark, sit up in the closet, don't, don't look in there, Lord. Open the door and out, there's the darkness. It starts to dim my light. So I, I, have, to, I have to be honest with myself, not with the Lord. Honest with myself. The Lord's honest with me all the time. And I have to look and say, yes, these things, Lord, uh, let's work on them. Let's, let's get them out. There is no light in these areas. This is what I want to close this on. Jesus did not come to this earth to be a spotlight. Stage lights. He didn't come to put the light on you and say, look what a wonderful person you are. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 8, Jesus was telling His disciples things they should not do when they gave alms. He said, when you give alms, don't sound a trumpet and let everybody know that you're being generous to the poor. He said, when you pray, pray in, in secret, because God will hear you in secret. Don't, he said, there are some people who like to stand up in public and offer their public prayers so everybody will know. When you, when you do good things, Jesus said, don't put the spotlight on you. So Jesus is not a spotlight that says, hey, this is a great person. Preachers are not in a spotlight. Should never be. People that serve God are not in a spotlight. Jesus is the one in the spotlight. He's the one. And He's not a flashlight. You don't take Jesus and His Word and the things we've been reading and go sneak into your neighbor's house and start looking around and say, Oh, look what I found. Look what you have to get rid of in your life. He's not a flashlight. And you can't sneak around in your back, backyard of your neighbor and say, Oh, look what a hypocrite you are. He's not that. Remember the remember the uh, the statement Jesus made in Matthew chapter seven. He says, "Don't try to pluck the splinter out of your neighbor's eye when you've got a 
post in your eye. Okay. So he's not a flashlight. And he's not a glow light. Now that, that one's that was kind of hard. Colossians chapter one and at verse twenty seven says to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus is not, a, you know what a glow light is. Jesus is not a bumper sticker. Jesus is not a name on a t-shirt or a baseball cap. Jesus is not a business advertisement. Jesus is not someone that you use as a decal. I, look at me, I'm a Christian. That's not what kind of light Jesus is. You just go about your business with Jesus Christ in your life and let Him shine. That's what you need to do. God help you do that. Let's stand together and sing.